Welcome to Absolute Comics, the podcast that has now been running for an amazing 30 years. Did you know today is our 30-year anniversary, Sal from Comic Pop, where you do great discussions on old stories? Yes. And <laughs> did you know it was our 30-year anniversary, Benny the Comic Storian, who makes complete stories of your favorite comic book arcs? I loved how awkward that intro was, because I didn't tell you what I was doing. I thought of it on the fly. That was evident, yes. Uh, but uh, I was trying to think of something where I'm like, yes, we've been at this for 30 years. I am 52 years old. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. So if we've been doing this for 30 years, and I, I did the army first, that would make me... I am now 69. Nice. <laughs> oh, wait. Awesome. <laughs> I, I apply for Social Security. Boom. I win. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by G Fuel, where that bad joke came from. Use the code COMICS at checkout to get your order of G Fuel 10% off and make all the bad energized jokes you can. <laughs> Don't blame our sponsor. They they, they do good work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, hold on. I get the joke, but let's just correct this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Yep. Today is the sh- this is the show where Sal and I go over what we've read this week. Sal, what'd you read? Oh, this week? Yeah, this week. Nothing. Because <laughs> nothing came out. Nothing came out. I literally I went to Comixology before we started shooting, and I looked it up, and I'm like, I'm not buying the Green Arrow 80th anniversary full price, so I guess I'm not reading anything today. But you did say you read Infinite Frontier, and you thought it was this week. I did, and it actually came out like two weeks ago. <laughs> And it's, it came out last week, and it's last convenient because I also read Infinite Frontier today because I didn't read it last week. There so you go. we'll talk about that in one second. And then we're going to talk about our topics, uh, despite being in development limbo, the Nightwing movie still coming out, uh, the X-Men Onslaught Revelation is coming out, Scarlett Johansson is officially leaving the Black Widow role, don't believe that, uh, <laughs> the new Shang-Chi trailer is releasing showing Abomination and the internet freaked out, Boba Fett actor Mark Austin has gone off social media to complain very loudly about Lego renaming Boba Fett's ship in the upcoming... Okay, we'll go to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harley Quinn artist reveals that Harley and Ivy's first continuity kiss is edited... Was edited. Ooh, I'm a, I'll read yeah. that in a minute. And then Coca-Cola revealed its branding as a new sponsor of Free Comic Book Day 2021, plastering their name and logo on all posters and promotional material. But let's wow. talk about Infinite Frontier first, and then we'll go down that list. Sure. Yeah, uh, so Josh Williamson is the new kind of like golden boy at DC Comics. Scott Snyder kind of dictated what was happening at DC for as long as he's been working there, with the result being two Dark Knights metal stories. And now it's Josh Williamson's turn, and surprisingly enough, uh, a Flash is at the core of it, but there is more, and uh, I'm loving it. I gotta tell you, like when they when they announced Infinite Frontier, and they were like, this is the new initiative after Death Metal... Uh, everyone was kind of like, what is it? What does it mean? Like, yeah. what, what, what are we doing? And there were some preludes to Infinite Frontier, but this is finally the like meat and potatoes. This is the series that's going to really launch what Infinite Frontier is and set up the, the new status quo and also potentially the next crisis. And I, I got I to tell you, I like it. I like it a lot. There's a mystery abound. There's fun characters in here. The uh, inherent hook hooked me. So I'm down. I love it. Also, the art's terrific. Benny, what do you uh, think? I'm a huge fan of it because like, every time that DC does one of these events, we have like DC Rebirth and then no, no through line. Like yeah. it becomes a game of like, where is the information for the main plot right. that DC is going through right now? Is mm-hmm. it in Batman? Probably. Is it in Superman? Probably. But where else is it? 
Did yeah. Flash do something? Is Green Arrow doing something? So I like the idea that we've gotten a few months of Infinite Frontier and we have a few through lines, and then they're like, and here's the core issue. Yes. Here's the multiversal old dark side plot. Yeah. I like that idea a lot because it allows you to know what's going on as opposed to trying to guess which issues. Because the problem with the DC, especially with Rebirth and now even with this, some of it is doing the through line. Some of it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like Flash with Wally West. Barry Allen in Infinite Frontier is going through the multiverse. In Flash, he's helping Wally West, which is which is the key issue. Well, now we know. The key yeah. issue is Infinite Frontier. The other thing is just Barry and Wally doing Flash stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you want Flash stuff, it's unconnected to the Infinite Frontier story, yeah. but Flash is fast and he's everywhere, so he'll have an opportunity to lend a hand. And it's Josh Williamson at the helm, so there's no way he's not going to be involved. And right. that's fair, because we already set up like what Barry's status quo was going to be at the end of Death Metal and the beginning of Infinite Frontier, which is Barry's going to be part of this new initiative, this new secret Illuminati of... Uh, DC characters and he's going to go through the multiverse and he's going to do his thing. He's going to collect multiversal energy. Okay. I'm down. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know. I've, I'm really, I really am just enjoying having like an over for a guy who loves lore and continuity and how things do tie together. That's, that is why I think comic books are failing compared to manga. One of the, one of the core reasons, but also mm -hmm. one of the reasons I like comics versus manga there. It's so much bigger. Yes. Manga is easier to get into. If you want to read My Hero Academia, you can just read volumes one through ten. And while that's not the core reason why they're failing to, I mean, they're surpassing comic books these days, mm -hmm. it is one of the reasons. Barrier for entry is much lower for manga. Yeah. But what makes comic books fun is ten issues came out this week. What's cut, tied together? How does it work together? What is going on? All of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I really enjoy the idea that there is a through line so that you can. It's almost like they're trying to do the manga route of low barrier to entry at the same time as going comic book craziness all over the place, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it definitely lampshades the whole situation with respect to death metal, what's going on, the multiverse, which, of course, is a big Hollywood buzzword right now. Everyone at uh, Hollywood and everyone at comic books is kind of like multiverse. That's the big that's the big new hotness right now. And uh, that is kind of like the big through line of Infinite Frontier is multiverses people now in the like main universe of DC are aware of the multiverse, despite the fact that we've been talking about them for, you know, ever. Uh, but they're aware that they are a cog in the multiverse. They know that there's a, a seemingly infinite number of them. Uh, who, wh what does that mean for me? And the, the existential dread that is associated with thereof. That's cool too. Uh, but also, the mystery, uh, you know, as, as it has been portrayed through two seemingly innocuous characters that you don't normally get uh, a spotlight shined on. It very much reminds me of, of 52, uh, of Identity Crisis, of the Infinite uh, Crisis intro. So all those things combined, I'm down. Like, I, I love the idea of, especially because I think Williamson said something like it's going to be like kind of like 3X structure. So Infinite Frontier is this thing, and this thing is going to be the mystery, and then the next thing is the next thing, and then the next thing is the next thing. So, like, Enjoy this because this is the mystery part of the big, overarching event of this of yeah. this crisis. And that's kind of exciting too. So, well, let yeah. me ask you this then, since we're touching on the mystery. How do you feel about the return of of old school Darkseid and him not wanting to just be the baddie again? I think that's great because Darkseid has been done dirty since New Fifty Two. Like, I don't think Darkseid has been interesting 
in a long time. I think that people who love Darkseid, they love the Superman cartoon and the Justice League cartoon. They like yeah. Michael Ironside's Darkseid, who is a bad guy. He's he's basically DC's the devil, but in space. And he is a despot, and he is power hungry, and he is he's he's basically Doctor Doom. I mean, in terms of attitude and uh, you know echelon status, like he's he's a king more or less, or an emperor or a god, and he loves it that way. That 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 kind of version of Darkseid, I haven't really seen a good representation of like the the distilled animated Darkseid that more people probably recognize than comic book Darkseid in a long time. And I feel right. like that's the one to emulate. But instead, when New 52 launched, you know, here's the Justice League. What's their first adventure? They fight Darkseid. Oh, just the biggest, strongest, hardest baddie in the world. And he doesn't really talk. He's not very articulate. He's not really interesting. He has no character motivations. It's pretty lame. And I've been waiting for them to kind of like restore Darkseid. And they've done it kind of like half-assed. Like they had Darkseid War, meh, when it comes to Darkseid characterization. And then it well, just then they turn him into a dark side baby. Yeah, the dark side <laughs> baby. At the very least, the dark side baby was a funny visual. It's something that I imagine Grant Batman Morrison carrying loved. him and a baby carrier. I think there's actually a statue immortalizing that moment. I mean, it it is a fun visual. The idea of dark side having been sent back and become a baby, and you can you can use him to shoot <laughs> yourself with Omega sanctions, so you can go back in time. Like I don't know. I think that's a cute idea, and it's so funny. It's such it, it like that's one of those ideas that like Scott Snyder was like woohoo comics, and I'm like okay yeah that's pretty funny, especially because like because it's comics, everything will eventually come full circle, and and dark side will be restored, and now he is, and and it's. You know, I don't, I don't really, I haven't really seen much from Darkseid because Darkseid like flew a flew a jet in the sixth dimension. You know, like he was a part of a Justice League and Odyssey. Yeah, we we have we haven't seen scary threat Darkseid in a long time, and it was a great idea to kill off a bunch of characters nobody cares about yeah. by using him. You know, well, how did so. you feel like Grail? Boo. <laughs> I was just thinking because Darkseid Baby was restored to full Darkseid by Grail in a side plot after yes. Batman used him. Right, completely, like, like how many people actually read that issue? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I uh, yeah, no, I'm not a huge Grail fan, but I didn't like much from Darkseid War. You know, like the art's great. It, it put Fabok on the map. People were like, yes, this guy. And then of right. course he was monopolized for like 12 years to draw friggin' three Jokers, which is like nobody liked. But, uh, you know, out of, oh, outside three of that, jokers. That's a segue. I know three jokers. Oops. Okay. Let's look at that. Like uh, real quick. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay, we, we can do a postmortem. Like there, there was a yeah. I want to do a postmortem on uh, that because today's topics we're going to be blitzing through anyway. So might as well yeah. do a postmortem on, on three, three jokers. jokers and Doomsday Clock. Yes. <laughs> yes. Both two. were Fabox last two big like these are gonna be huge. No, don't forget Gary Frank Jones. drew uh drew doing Oh right, 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 right. But Jeff Jod's like big last These Hurrah. are the moments. Yeah, this is what I've been building towards since I started working here. Doomsday Clock went nowhere with Completely no nowhere. idea, no purpose, no like it didn't even bring the watchman to DC. At I least they, the, the, at, some of them went there. there. They're not there. They're not there now. <laughs> But that's, that's not true. Point. Marionette and Mime are here. Y yay! Where's Rorschach? He's dead. No, I know, but like that's my point. Like right, like there. No, you're. You know, you got to see new fake Rorschach fight Batman. Kind of. You got to see the comedian <laughs> shoot Lex Luthor. 
you know, you got to see, you got like, to see Superman's ideology against that, John. Though. Yeah, no, nothing came out of it. But I mean, here's the thing: it there was gonna be like if if Johns had been allowed to continue his thing, and they weren't, you know, if DC wasn't in such utter tumult at the time, and they didn't, you know, get cold feet about the status quo, and and they didn't want to appease other creators, because I mean, Heroes in Crisis really screwed up Doomsday Clock, as did. A lot of things at DC at the time. Uh, Bendis also really screwed up Doomsday Clock by prematurely introducing the Legion of Superheroes and the JSA from Scott Snyder. So it was like a lot of things undercut the impact of Doomsday Clock. Well, and it didn't Doomsday help that Clock, it got super delayed. Well, that's the thing is that like if you're going to announce that kind, a 12 issue miniseries that is going to springboard the new status quo of the DC universe, it better come out on time. Especially if you announce it like two years before it launches. Yeah. Like, that and book then better it be takes done. two years to come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, let's just say that Doomsday Clock had a lot of things working against it. Uh, despite it being ultimately, I think, a pretty satisfying comic. I think the arts... If, if you, if you were to tell me writing. Doomsday Clock had no intentions other than being its own separate storyline, I would agree. As a separate book, other than getting a little long-winded at times to try and make it feel like Alan Moore... Yeah. You know, to be like, cool. I liked right. it. I thought it was good. It was just so, oh my God. Just now, now you got me thinking about all of this. Like, the, the everything that was supposed to come out of Rebirth. Doomsday Clock, Three Jokers, uh, Mr. Oz. Mr. Oz. What a wasted Mr. opportunity there. Uh, Mr. Oz is a big, big deal. Dr. Yeah. Manhattan supposedly coming to the DC Universe. Stealing time. Happen. Why? Uh, what about Wally? What about the Speed Force? What about uh, the pre New 52 era? Like, what about all those things? And I mean, Doomsday Clock answered those questions, but ultimately because it was undercut by other things going on that were arguably less heavy and weighty and hyped, no one was really paying attention and nobody really cared overall, and so the impact was lessened. You know, like, we yeah. got to find out, like, what about the missing time? What about the New 52? What about the the, the multiverse? Uh, Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan, Superman, you know. I don't think any of the reveals were worth all of the hype and everything we no. had for it, though. Absolutely that was the not. problem. Absolutely do, you think it, do you think the whole thing was overhyped, or do you think they underdelivered? They underdelivered. I mean, like, well, here's the thing. They didn't stick to their guns. I think the hype associated with Doomsday Clock when it was leading up to it, go back and, and and just glance at any of the podcasts or videos that we made or anybody else in our, uh, you know, in our bullpen made. Uh, during that time, the hype was real. The The implications were, were, were varied and many, and it was supposed to be a big deal. And I think if Doomsday Clock had come out over... If they had announced it, because they announced it at, like, New York Comic Con in October, right? Whatever year. If, if Doomsday Clock had launched that month... You know, they had like been like, we're doing Doomsday Clock, mic drop. Next week, issue one drops, and it will run 12 months. And that the, like, you know, at next New York Comic Con, you're going to see the future of the DC Universe. That would have been pretty amazing. But it none wasn't. of it happened. But none of I, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, the problem. Yeah. Oh, it's a big problem. Uh, but, you know, Watchmen was delayed when it was coming out. Dark Knight Returns was delayed when it was coming out. Nobody cared. Nobody read that when it was coming out. But like, but they were supposed to be the game changers that they were. Well, they became the game changers, or the, you know, I don't think they when they were making them, they thought they were going to be game changers. But no one remembers that they were delayed. 
uh, people just remember the impact they had. And with Doomsday Clock, eventually people are not going to remember the hype associated with Doomsday Clock. And all that's going to be left is this trade of this stuff yeah. referring to things that barely anybody remembers anymore. And it's not going to be satisfying. I don't think I love, for clock the record, is, yeah. Jeff John's balls to, like, hype up. And in two years, 5G. And then in three years, <laughs> they're going to fight Marvel. And then, like... Yeah. Oh, I think... I, I think he did that on purpose just to show you, like, the kind of, like, cyclical nature of comic books. And, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, none of these people really plan. Especially DC. The joke of, of that, like, last page or, like, early... Or towards the end reveal of all of the timeline of the DC universe was that there's any plan whatsoever. Like, part of the reason why I like Infinite Frontier is because you know Williamson has a plan, and you know right. that no one at the, like, upper levels at DC are paying attention or steering the bus, and so Williamson is probably going to get away with doing a lot of things. And as as long as the books come out on time and they don't alienate their readers, as long as those two things happen, Infinite Frontier will have very few significant editorial changes and will have the impact that that Williamson wants it to have. And that's right. that's great. And more than you can say for Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Well, speaking of the of, of the events that kind of came out lacklusterly, how about Dark Side War hyping up three Jokers? Right. And then it coming out almost five years later and mm -hmm. it not having any weight or impact or anything. I, and I think that, that has everything to do with just the story. I think the story is just not worth it. At the end of the day, three Jokers, not the title, the concept is just not interesting enough. Like, it doesn't... People were intrigued because no one had ever thought that, no one had ever introduced that idea, and it was done through the Mobius chair, so there's weight attached to it, and and, and it was, you know, hyped up as this thing that was going to change everything and come out of this other big thing. And so, then it did come out, and at the end of the day, it's just kind of like a lousy sequel to Killing Joke, and it's not yeah. really that impactful. Like, I think that Do most people... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that Three Jokers would have been better if it came out close to the actual reveal that there are three Jokers? Oh, yeah. Or do you think that the five-year wait is what killed it? I think that it was a combination. I think the five-year wait definitely hurt the book, like, 80%. But the other 20% is that the book just isn't great. The art is, again, phenomenal. It's one of those things yeah. where it's like, John's pulled unbelievable art. Like, Gary Frank drew the crap out of doomsday clock it is one of the best looking books of its time front and back like three-year window and three jokers is an unbelievably good looking book and everyone is doing a great job from the colors right on down to the to the pencils um but everyone who likes who says anything complimentary about three jokers says that the the the, the batman story like the story about bruce wayne and the ending are the best ideas and that the, the joker stuff is really not nearly as substantive as they expected and it didn't really hit them the way it, like the way it could have and maybe it's because it had too few issues and it wasn't able to really breathe maybe it was just because at the end of the day it just wasn't a very interesting idea I, th I think it would have been okay though if dark side war had ended we jumped right into this three joker idea totally but i think but I think part of the problem is it being removed from continuity, basically. Yeah. Because people forget, like, Dark Side War was the end of that continuity. Well, it, it like, was the end like, of the Like, there's three Jokers. The world restarted. What? Yeah. <laughs> now, see, that's the thing, is if they had 
the the problem with Three Jokers is it couldn't have come out right after Dark Side War because no one established what the um what the continuity was. Like it was still technically in the New Fifty Two, and I think that Three Jokers would not have been as impactful if it was like this is New Fifty Two Batman, and it it has implications of multiversal stuff or at the very least like continuity stuff, but it's it's not really Batman. It's New Fifty Two Batman, and that's that was a big problem. But in the post dark side or in the post doomsday clock where it's like it's you know it's its own thing slash it's the batman you know and remember it it should have more impact and weight but it's just kind of like a thing and again it's one of those things where it's like when you read three jokers like 10 years from now the story isn't enough the story isn't enough to get you to, to to care or find it in any way weighty you know, I mean, you re- that, but that that was part of the problem with Three Jokers, though, was that it was revealed in one continuity, yep, and then it was told, well, now it's out of continuity. So in continuity, Batman says there are three Jokers, yes, and then out of continuity, we're gonna find out how that plays out. Like, well, and I don't even know. I think that that was just them playing fast and loose with their terms. Like, I don't think that they even knew that it was gonna be in or out of continuity. I think they were like, no, 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 Three Jokers is definitely in continuity. We just need it to be unrated. And so we'll use the black label as a method of putting it out without having to worry about a rating system, even though black label also synonymously connected to Elseworlds and not and non-continuity. So it was like it, w- it was a weird decision, and it wasn't again it wasn't well planned out, and it, they didn't have enough like explanation because. You can't just say, oh, there's three Jokers. There's always been three Jokers, and they represent this time, this time, and this time. And oh, by the way, those things that they did in those books, they all happened now, too. Like, in continuity. You, you, you can't say that, and you can't have that kind of story come out, and also pretend like continuity doesn't matter, and the audience isn't going to ask. You can't have your cake and eat it, too, when it comes to that kind of a, of a, of a mic drop of a book. You can't. Do you? I'll end this discussion with this. Do you think that the there was an original idea for Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers before the DCEU got so messed up that Jeff Johns was pulled off of DC and mm. all of the lineup changes? When it was Dan DiDio, Jeff Johns, and Jim Lee deciding what was going on, do you think that there was a plan that would have made us totally? Go, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We saw it. I, I think that the end of Doomsday Clock really sets up what the ending was going to be and doomsday clock was going to be the full official ending of the new 52 the rolling back of the new 52 and the and a, and a re-establishment of continuity and uh, uh, not all of continuity but like a, a, a reset it was going to be a new crisis that like wasn't called a crisis that was going to set up like the new status quo of dc and three jokers was going to play into that because three jokers is you know Jason Todd's Red Hood, he came back to life. He died. Killing Joke happened. But Batman's kind of old, which is right in the face of New 52, but also has to have taken place at least in post-crisis continuity. So it's like, Doomsday Clock was supposed to happen, and then I think Three Jokers was supposed to happen. And Three Jokers is going to be like, these are the kind of stories you're going to get now, where it's like there's weight and there's gravity attached to these stories and these characters, and all the things that happen matter and still happen. And your your favorite stories, they also happened. It's it and it's a little bit more official than what we have right now, where they're like, It all happened. Uh you know, <laughs> Wonder Woman turned gold and big and punched God. And it's like, 
okay. I mean, they literally reference that stuff in Infinite Frontiers. They do. Everyone knows that happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But Snyder doesn't care about, like, whether it fits in continuity or or what it all happened means. Uh, And you could tell because there are other people who are trying to answer those questions. Like, uh, Dan Juergens did that, like, that continuity book where he's like, they told me that it all happened. Let me explain how. Uh, Batman remembers Batman. All those things happening, and he he ages slower, and no one at, 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 at DC was like, yeah, that's the plan. No, they just went, oh, f- screw it, just put it out, but we're not going to listen to him. We're not going to do oh, that. Oh, the one where it was it was Purple Glove Batman? Yeah, Shattered yeah. whatever the hell. Uh, that I was forgot like, that was a thing! Of course, because they didn't hype it, they didn't explain it, and they didn't, they, they made it so that you could ignore it and forget about it. And they just wanted your money because I think that Shattered whatever the hell came out and it was like ten bucks or eight bucks. It was it was an expensive ask, and you got a lot of story for it. But ultimately, those stories were kind of like not important and not canon. Right. And it's like if you like them, then they are important to you. But if if you if you care about continuity and you want to know what's happening in the DC universe, you don't need to read those because it doesn't <laughs> matter. And but like Jurgens tried to explain it. Uh, and I think other people are like also made an effort to try and explain like what this means. And Infinite Frontier is now going to be the book that's like, here's what it means. Here's what happened. You know, he's trying to do a little bit of cleanup while also telling a cogent story. Which but so far I like it. I, I like having too. the straightforward path. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, thank you, because you got to explain it. You can't just leave it to your readers because your readers aren't going to be able to put it all together. And then you got YouTubers and, and, and speculators who are all like coming out with their own theories. And some of them do research and most of them don't. And so you just have hearsay and, 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 and rumor. And, and then like the, the, the culture at large influences the zeitgeist and changes it just by saying it happened a lot. You know, like DC really wanted you to forget that Superboy punched reality. And that's why Jason Todd came back to life. But everyone remembers that Superboy punched reality. (laughs) And so they won't let DC forget. And like, I think they made it in continuity where no, he didn't, it's not that anymore. Like the reality punch happened, but then some other stuff happened and that undid the reality punch. And so now it's right now it's Lazarus pit. And he trained Italia ghoul afterwards, right? Like in the movie that everyone saw, but because fandom is what it is they influence the 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 culture and so no matter what happens for the next hundred years superboy punched reality and that's why jason todd didn't die and (laughs) it doesn't matter what it says on paper and but like they don't have like an official chart that says like there's no hickman that says like here's a black and white google sheet that tells you exactly what happened and why um so you know if you, if you do that, don't be so, if you're going to play fast and lose with continuity as a publisher of a, of an interconnected universe, don't be pissed or surprised if your audience tries to make sense of it. Um, especially if you refuse to do it. Yeah. That's where we are. You know, Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers is a casualty of DC's cavalier attitude and weird lack of management or or or, or abundance weird, of micromanagement. Like six years for DC. Yeah, it's been weird. It's been a weird six years. It's a hard time. Yeah, it's a hard time for DC because you know, you know, it was no better for people who worked there, uh, yeah. especially since most of them got fired. <laughs> All right, well, let's go into the news. I think yes. today's comic book discussion was quite an, uh, uh, informational. Yeah, I agree. It was. Uh, let's start at the top. Nightwing Please. movie is not dead, um, and apparently the only thing they're trying to figure out now is who's going to be Batman. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because I guess it was put into development when it was Ben Affleck. It's been in development hell since then. Yep. Um, and now it's a question of like, well, is it going to be Robert Pattinson? Because we're about to revamp everything. Yep. I, I don't know why DC is trying to hold on to this interconnected movie thing. You ruined it. <laughs> then you said screw it with Joker yeah. and those. Yep. Then you said it's back. Then you said screw it. Then you said it's back. Then you said screw it. Like, yep. just let it go. Let the interconnected go. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I want it to be interconnected. Like, I, I want, agree. I want the Batman to be the new Batman of the DC Cinematic Universe. Start- but they've already said he isn't going to do it. <laughs> I know. I know. And that just sucks. Like, that's just... I think he's going to be great. I think that movie's going to be going to be going to be dope. I think that also because it's Hollywood, they they lie. You know, like Robert Pattinson says he only wants to make one. Sure. Because DC offered Christian Bale more money after Rises to keep being Batman in their cinematic universe, and he said no. But like, it must not have been a dump truck full of money. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I, I feel like we're going to – I feel like you never know. That's a problem. Like, look at uh, Michael Keaton. He's Batman again, and he looks great. Like, we've seen the leaked pictures. He looks like freaking like, – like Batman, and I never expected that. And it's just like he's going to be Batman in a Flash movie. I don't even know if Michael Keaton even understands what the hell that means. <laughs> but he's going to – I but mean – But he'll do it, you know, because yeah. because of the scratch. Why wouldn't you? Uh so, yeah, I, I want there to be a DC Cinematic Universe. I want there to be, like... Oh my, a, I inter- just realized it, it's going to be 30 years since Batman 89. Yeah. Well, no. So I mean, it's no, like 32. 32 years, yeah. Yeah. 89, 99, 2009, 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 32 years. It's been 32 years and somebody was like, do you want to be Batman in the new Flash movie? Right? He's <laughs> like, what the... Who's a... Who's a what's the Flash? <laughs> <laughs> And and while the, while we're at it, you want to be Beetlejuice again? <laughs> Could you imagine a Beetlejuice revival? I yes, I can. <laughs> I mean, they did that. They did that uh, that Broadway show. I didn't see it, but like you know, Beetlejuice ain't dead. There's still that script. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. It's still floating around there. Um. Yeah. No, I'm interested though. I just yeah. I don't know. I I honestly feel like they should just remove the the Batman role and make him a mention. Mm-hmm. And that resolves it. It totally does. <laughs> but if they're trying to cast Batman, you're literally, you're either going to get Ben Affleck to again show up. Oh my God. In the costume, but still not be our Batman right now. Nope. It's or so Or you're going to get, like, but you don't want Robert Pattinson to be. Well, he can't be <laughs> because he's only like 30 or 20 something. So there couldn't have been a Nightwing? Like, Nightwing can't be the same age as Batman. It wasn't the new 52! <laughs> yeah, that's why it was stupid. Um, I actually would... Batman would, was 29, Nightwing was 26. It right. worked. And it just worked. It's so funny how uh, Ben Affleck <laughs> kind of screwed up the DCEU when he got in. Because, you know, they, they hired him because he was a, he was a double threat. He was, a, he was an actor who could play Batman, but also he was a director who could win Academy Awards and he was going to direct the Batman movie. And uh, then, you know, he got too big for his britches and he got really pissed off about how like no one cared about his personal projects and were only interested in him being Batman. And now, you know, he's, he's, he's been to rehab a bunch of times and no one's hiring him for anything. And he came back to be in the Snyder cut and he looks all thin and old. And it's like, 
he'll be Batman any time now. Like now is the time for him to just keep being Batman. He could be in like yeah. seven Batman movies. Um, I don't know. I think it's, DC's I yeah, DC's in a weird place. I I don't know. I don't have a solution for them. <laughs> uh, next uh, news topic is X Men: The Onslaught Revelation is going to be coming out of the current Way of X run, which is actually one of the X Men books I'm not reading, so I guess I should. Mm. Um, how do you feel about the return of Onslaught? This. All of this is making me question Hickman's... Like, it just feels like Hickman's like, let's take all the X-Men greatest hits yep. and just bring them back. Why wouldn't you? Onslaught was almost 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong. And they're not just redoing it. We just did Heroes Report again. <laughs> and it was not. Like, it was just not that. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. How did you feel about a, a, a miniseries that... Okay, first off, first off... I got, I got a little rant about that one if we're going to talk about yeah, revivals. For, I, Onslaught, will end that. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I'd love to see him come back. He looks great. That's all yeah. I want from Onslaught is just to look cool. That's all. So let me... Marvel's marketing. I'm sure one of you watches or listens to this Please, show. Please, you guys. What? What? Whose idea was it to do Heroes Are Born 1 through 7 and then end the series in a book entitled Heroes Return and separate them by search category right there's why there's, there's so much wrong with their marketing for heroes reborn number one virtually no marketing about it being an event number two them stealing the aesthetic the cover aesthetic from civil war and calling it another marvel event like we take the visual aesthetic from one marvel event and the title from another Marvel event, and create a new Marvel event with them both. Yeah. And when you get the event, when you read Heroes Reborn, seven issues. Each issue is just a snapshot solo book highlighting a character you don't care about who is not doing anything related to the event in that story. And, and then a two-page backup. What? It, th that's it. They weren't setting up a new universe, like an ultimate universe or something. They were setting up a quick little two-month fun event. Yeah. And then you're right. Two-page backup was the story. Was the story. And all the story was is Blade being like, gotta find the Avengers. <laughs> and they don't... Yes. And it's like, we saw that too. You stole the visual aesthetic of Civil War and the names from Heroes Were Born and the plot device of House of M to make this thing that is basically a send-up of DC? Yeah. For and, what purpose? And then did not even just make it number eight. Why not just Heroes Return, number eight, or put it in the same category or whatever? Why is the ending a separate book? Series. It's a separate book. I don't know. I mean, I get it because they do technically return, but it's a terrible execution of that plan. Like, you get a checklist, but the checklist is at the back of the book you expect them all to read. Yes. They have to have already bought it. It's like expecting producers to greenlight your TV show while you're pitching it to them. Like, they don't understand what the show is. You have to tell them why people want to watch it. You have to explain to your readers why they should buy the book and why they should buy anything associated with it. And then, I don't know if you read any of those tie-ins. I've read them like, all! We covered them all! They're, <laughs> they're so contradictory to each other. There was that Spider-Man book that was written by Mark Bernardin that was like, 
explaining the Jimmy Olsen aspect of Peter Parker, but then you read Heroes Reborn, and he has a completely different attitude. It's like the same scenes, but with completely different motivations. Yeah. And, and it's just like, what? what is this? Like, there's no... I don't know. It, it felt very slipshod, and like no one asked for it in a really weird time. It was a. It was just. It was a total dud. Like we we go from King in Black, the all encompassing, changing the Marvel focal point. Yeah. Which already had its own issues, but there was a King in Black one through six. Right. And it resolved and it, had, it. And it had tie-ins, and those tie-ins were classic event yeah. tie-ins that I could skip or not. Whatever. And then we go to Heroes Reborn, and it just felt all over the place. It didn't feel connected. It no. like I'm sitting here reading issue seven, and it starts off with the symbiote on Nighthawk, and I'm like, and I'm like, this is cool, but what the hell's going on with the story? Yeah, you got Coulson and Mephisto in a yeah. two-page backup in six, and now we're talking about symbiotes. Yeah. What? Yeah, and, and Aaron clearly is like, well, if you didn't read the last four issues of my Avengers run that led up to this. That's on you. And I'm yeah. like, there's no, no. It was it. I, I hate Hickman. I I hate Aaron's Avengers anyway. But this did not help. Like, I this I'm did not, not I'm help. not against his Avengers. I liked the feature. I know a lot more. of people like it. I don't. It's, it's like, not. I, I think it's a cool idea to reinvent everything. But it, fe- it his Avengers, as proven, proven by. King in Black is not connected to jack shit. <laughs> oh no! Oh he's no! He's doing is he's bending it up with his own continuity. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and like the Phoenix is over here. The Phoenix is also an X Men. Hickman's off doing his own thing. But at least, at least when the X Men show up in other other Marvel books, yes. Or when Hickman references them, it feels like they're in the Marvel universe. While the Avengers, Jason Aaron's Avengers, doesn't feel like it's in the Marvel universe. No. No. They're doing. Cr- Crazy big huge things that have no ramifications on the universe. The Fe- if you're not reading, Moon Knight became the Phoenix. Yeah, Echo is now <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah, Echo. What? And by the way, like I don't, I don't have a dog in that race. Like I don't care one way or the other if Echo's Phoenix. But like, I feel like that would be a big deal. But it's not at it's all. It's not. Moon Knight getting the power and conquering the world and altering it and then giving up Khonshu is a footnote in Marvel history. Yeah. And if you're reading Avengers, it's like, wow, we almost lost the entire planet to Khonshu. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, not only that, but like Hickman, like, you know, you're reading, let's say you're one of like the people reading any X-Men title and you're like, oh, okay. Like, let's say you read Sword, which has huge ramifications for the Marvel universe has Dr. Doom and Captain America in it representations of the universe you're reading and probably your characters you care about in some way. Yeah. And no references. Meanwhile, at the exact same time, the whole world was rewritten by Coulson and a, 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 a I don't know, a pentacube. Oh, yeah, it was a pentacube. That's what they called it. And it's like, it, it's so I don't know what they're doing. It literally feels like Marvel was like, all right, Hickman wants to do his X-Men thing. Just make sure it links into the main universe. Jason Aaron, we don't want to lose you. Do whatever you want with the Avengers. Like yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. Like we yeah, we don't want to lose you. Please don't write like Justice League. Just go just just do anything with Avengers. Anything you want. Like and I don't get it because Aaron's pretty good. Like I like Aaron on a lot of things. I loved that uh, Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine book, which totally fits in with this Avengers run. But maybe because it's like a, it was a mini series, maybe because it was drawn by a Q-Bird. I don't know. But like, it's just, you know, this is just it's exhausting, and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense 
if you're only reading Aaron's stuff, but if you're like a Marvel well, and, and fan. And that's what I say. I love the Avengers book if you only read Aaron's things. Yeah. Like he is making like, oh, Starbrand is the biggest thing ever. This is the right. most incredible thing. And they just had Phoenix show up and they're remaking the original Avengers. And I'm like, this is all epic. Why is no one referencing this? No yeah. one in the world cares about this. Right. And it's not like Aaron is a jerk that no one wants to work with or he's, he's you know, he's telling stories that really require secrecy. No, he, he could easily let people in on this plan if it were a plan. But, like, no one, no one's playing ball with this book. And, you know, I, on, on my hand, I'm, I'm glad of it because I don't read Avengers because I think it's awful. But, you know, at least make it matter. And I guess it matters to the people who are reading it. But I don't know. It, it feels really weird. It's really yeah. weird. It's a weird book. It's a weird book. And then, yeah, and, and Heroes Are Born is cool if it was just like, hey, here's a bunch of what ifs. Yeah. If they if it was promoted as being like, what if the Justice League existed? And that's gonna be the story of Heroes Are Born. We're just gonna yeah. tell you all the what if stories of what if we merge the two. Like you want amalgam, we'll make our own amalgam, and here's yep. the books. But they promoted it as this big event with these big fights with this big bombastic, like crazy, like, yeah. oh, Squadron Supreme versus Avengers. And yeah, it happened. But it was also the equivalent of like one comic book worth of content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one issue of stuff of, of content. If you like, if you read, you know, Heroes Reborn numbers one through seven, and only read the last three pages, you'll get like maybe half an issue of of story. Yeah. And ultimately, that story doesn't really matter. Like, what do they do? Nothing. They literally reformed the Avengers and then fought the Squadron. That was the. Yeah, the, uh, the Avengers have no idea. They, they they're aware Coulson was involved, but no idea why, how, no. what Mephisto's plan was, what was the overall goal here, what was happening. No one has any idea. It's left on a cliffhanger of if the Squadron Supreme had anything to do with it, or if they were just being manipulated by Coulson. Like we get no answers other than Nighthawk remembers. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Well, and I know those characters, like, the Squadron Supreme was already in the Marvel Universe. So, it's not even like, I don't know. It's weird. It's really, it's really weird. weird. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading Hyrule's Report and then I'm reading Phoenix War by Jason Aaron. And I'm like, he's got Hyperion showing up. And I'm like, Hyperion just became a bad guy. Maybe? I don't even know. Because maybe right. he was good. Like That's the thing is, Hyperion's been been so many different things over the last few years that it's like, well, what even is this? Like, which versions of these characters are they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's, I don't know. It was a weird decision, but let's get back to our news, I guess. Because yeah. I mean, all we're gonna do is bitch and moan even further. Right. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is apparently saying goodbye to the Black Widow role. She says that uh, this is like her big. I don't like, believe that. No, I mean, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, they're gonna have a big reunion movie in ten years where all the people that quit are back. <laughs> That'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. Hell, I I take it in two years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the 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 thing that bugs me about it is like it's very presumptuous. Where they're like, okay, so Yelena Belova is going to be the new Black Widow. We're going to like kind of pass the baton. I'm like, cool. Is she good? <laughs> yeah, I thought you know? that too. I'm looking at that like, why? Right. Because like, like, here's the thing. Like when when Black Widow was introduced in Iron Man two. You know, we all knew who Scarlett Johansson was more or less at that point, but and we knew she was fun and cool. But if she was a terrible actor, 
She would have just been Black Widow in Iron Man 2, and then you would have moved on, and no one would have would have thought anything of it. Right. But to say, like, this Black Widow movie is going to be the new, like, setup for the new Black Widow, it's like, okay, well, I hope she's good, because if she isn't, we're kind of we're, we're kind of stuck with this new actor who's playing a new character who has no connectivity to any of the other universe, like uh, uh, movies or characters. Well, I mean, isn't actors. that kind of what they're doing with all the shows, too? They're just throwing everything at the wall right now, and I got a feeling... I think that's really what it is, yeah. It's all going to be thrown at the wall, and in two years, whatever works out is going to pan out. Because I think what Marvel has proven is they could tell us right now the Inhumans are going to be a movie and a TV series, and then when it doesn't pan out, go... Forget that ever happened. We're the yep. goddamn Disney Corporation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, big time. We're just gonna. You'll see. You'll see if if we acknowledge it by just sliding it into the Legends category. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's like Captain Marvel. Like, oh, we're gonna do one, two, and three. Oh, there was a little bit of a backlash. What if it's the Marvels? Yeah. <laughs> like, how about this? Captain Marvel two is Captain Marvel two, three, and four in one movie. <laughs> like Disney. Disney's got us all by the balls, man. There's no way to face it. And if they want Yelena Belova to be the new Black Widow and then she doesn't pan out, they'll just shuffle her. They'll be like, oh, but you liked Red Guardian, right? We'll bring him back. <laughs> yes. I mean, the reality, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like, it's a Black Widow movie. It's a solo movie. You know, if she wants to stop doing a Russian accent, move to America and become an Avenger, that's her prerogative. But if she sucks or she has, like, some kind of weird controversy or if they just decide to go in another direction... Eh, or or she her spy stuff just really got too complicated and she she never really got there. Yeah, I have a question. How is everyone seeing this? Because I get some of the people that are like, oh, I got the screeners or I got to go to an early. Yeah, what the hell? Show. Everybody else gets but, these screeners, but not just that. Not just that. I'm seeing like real nobodies getting access to this me movie. too. And I'm like, where? Like, okay, look, Ja went to, said he saw it. I get that. You know, new rock star says they got to see it. I sure. get that. You know, like girl with 10 v followers on Twitter is like, I met Black Widow. And I'm like, how? Yeah, you I met miss? her. <laughs> yeah, no, I, they flew me out and I got to stay in this really expensive hotel room. And I and I and I didn't even write a review. I just I just <laughs> tweeted about it right now. Like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> Why? How am I missing out on the train of people with 10 followers getting early access? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just, well, we have a we have reached our quota of chubby dudes with beards in their 30s it's just you know but like the how come how, how do i get bumped on the list i'll, I'll, I'll you know <laughs> <laughs> i want to see these movies early i don't even want to uh, like you know what I, i'm gonna I, do you know what i'm gonna do comic story and i'm gonna officially retire and i'm gonna put in charge some tiktok tweeny yes. girl that's 21 and looks good on camera Boom. she is she is now comic storian and i'm just the guy doing the voice and that'll be there it you go yeah and she'll be at all the photos and we'll get all the invites <laughs> yeah except she'll be the only one who can go fine whatever why do you gotta spoil my fun <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man it's weird but uh yeah no so i mean like yeah i I'm, I'm with you she there's no way i mean like yes is she gonna stop being black widow yeah her character's dead it's a convenient time for her to say goodbye to the character but yeah. uh, I'm sure, you know, if they bring her back uh, or if they talk, if, if Feige is like, hey, we're thinking about bringing Black, Black Widow back. She'd be like, yeah, OK, sounds great. I'll be back. Yeah, no problem. My chat is or our chat is saying that that would probably bump me in the algorithm. This is yes. the new face of Comic Story and I will still be the voice. Hello, my name is uh, <laughs> yeah, Nicole. And uh, yeah, here you go. I was trying to think of something. Hello, my name is Nicole. This is uh, <laughs> the new. Yeah, I'm the new Comic <laughs> Story. But yeah, I agree with you. Her saying goodbye is well-timed. It's very convenient. It, yep. 
Maybe it's to kill rumors like the the theory video we're coming out with very soon about variants. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, no, I'm not in Loki. Oh, okay. The VTuber version of me? That'll yeah, that'll be it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hot next up we got Shang Chi trailer. All right. Damn it, we were supposed to do that yesterday. Yes. But anyway, we'll do it tomorrow. Uh so Bobadation blew up the internet because he's back. Yeah, good. Finally. I mean, it was cool, but I mean, I wasn't like too upset by him being gone or back no. or whatever. Like, no, but he's one of the few villains they didn't kill in the phase one. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and he kind of looks more like Abomination. He's got his little fin ears. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, yay, good, all right. And it, and it is confirmed. It's Tim Roth again, right? He's just coming back. I think so. There's no way it's not. Tim Roth doesn't cost much. <laughs> not now. Okay, that's true. So yeah. Um, all good. right, let's go into the hot. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll, uh, these next. Well, we'll go. We'll do the the easy one. Coca Cola sure. is now a sponsor for Free Comic Book Day. How do you feel about that? Uh, more money in Free Comic Book Day sounds like more comics for us. I'm I'm all for it. I mean, you drink Diet Coke. I drink Coke regular. Zero a lot. Coke so. Zero. Yeah. It's the same thing. I did the research. Yeah. You even got me drinking it. I now have cold, fresh Diet Coke over there because it's cheaper than Coke Zero, and oh. no one sees me drinking the Diet Coke. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be availing myself of your services when I get there. <laughs> it's fresh now. Remember the last time you came over and it was like, is this the Diet Coke from last time I came out? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like two year old's Diet Coke. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Vintage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to the two hot topics. Boba sure. Fett actor Mark Austin has got a social media to complain very loudly about Lego renaming Boba Fett's ship and the upcoming Lego set. Instead of calling it Slave One, it is simply called Boba Fett's ship. <laughs> Many yeah. are stating that this is Disney caving to woke culture, and there is a large mix of fan responses for and against this change. Mm -hmm. Looking at this from a surface value and going through the actual article, it is exactly what it says. There doesn't appear to be anything else behind it, behind people getting upset by it. Yeah. I am not a fan of altering anything as old as 1980s. Right. Because we're altering, I mean, you, you could jokingly call it history now, but we're altering history at this point. Yeah. Because now it's like, well, it's Slave One, could be a little offensive to people, even though it's literally been around for 50 years. Well, and like, like you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a space world. What? Like, really? We're going to start, like, oh... That triggered me. Like, Outside of like memeable TikToks, like what they did with the Cracker Barrel thing. Did you hear about the Cracker Barrel thing? Where no. they claimed that the Cracker Barrel was where they kept the whips for slaves and ah. it blew up and Cracker Barrel is getting backlash. And as it turns out, Cracker Barrel is a literal barrel of crackers that was used like yeah. in the olden days and it wasn't a whip, it was something else. Right. Other than like that kind of TikTok reaction where people are just making up their own assumptions, whatever that yes. means. Yes. I have never heard anyone go, Slave One, huh? Well, that's offensive. I, like, I, I have seen that, but it was, it was in a robot chicken sketch. <laughs> there you go. Like, it was literally Lando going, so Boba, nice ship. Not really thrilled about the name, though. And I'm like, that's funny, but it's not like a reason to cancel Boba Fett. <laughs> you know, we still call, in programming, there's still we still call them slave drives. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not... I've ne no one in my lineage has ever been a slave, so I don't can't necessarily can't speak to that. But I I feel like in the realm of science fiction, with a with a character who had like two lines ever in their spaceship, you know, 
who cares? Like, really? There's that, plenty that's of other things you get point really is. upset about. Yes, and, and the, even in the Star Wars movies, we could probably we could probably find some things. And I, that's I'm the moment sure. I'm getting at. Who cares? And who's making a big stink about it being called Slave One? Right. Like, who, nobody. Who, who cares? And also, the fact is this. Star Wars fans aren't going to just oh oh they renamed it on a Lego toy that's uh it's Boba Fett's ship now yeah no one's going to say that never mind the nope. fact there's so much media that says Slave One on it like, you know and well you know what they never say in any of the movies the name of the ship like they never do De- Devil Devil Ham says it best dear white people canceling the word slave doesn't count as progress <laughs> <laughs> no no you know what we're just gonna give rid of the word and it never happened <laughs> yeah well and now we don't have to worry about it another victory for us like no it's I don't know I, I think it's super dumb I, I think I, th- that- I think it's just dumb in general and I agree with you on that I don't yeah, I don't dumb. see the reason for this I have not seen backlash against it. I've not seen, and and apparently everyone's keeping quiet about why they did it. Yeah, 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 because they probably did. Like they, there was, pro- I I would not be surprised in the least if there was an internal discussion of the marketing team going, oh, slave one, huh? That sounds kind of problematic. I mean, we're Disney. We're always scrutinized for our decisions. We constantly make like these kind of decisions maybe we shouldn't do that well it's a lego set you know we'll just call it boba fett ship and just move is it can we do that it's like sometimes you just need to go you know what we're st- no one who is going to buy this lego set is going to stop buying it because they're outraged by the name like we're selling this to nerds who know it's called slave 1 yeah and if people want to get upset about it they're welcome to but like we're not going to change it and just, just, just literally go, uh, it's called Slave One, and put it out under that name. And if people go like, oh, Slave One, you know, TikTokers or or, or just or, or political pundits or anybody going like, uh, 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 Slave One, uh, isn't it about to, it's 2021? It's like, just let them tire themselves out. Like, they just will, because they'll don't find it. something else to be offended by in a month. Like, tomorrow. So, yeah. you know. And, I, and love, you, I love this tweet. Someone put out a tweet. They're like, uh. If they think Slave One's offensive, just wait until they hear about who the Imperial Army's based on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it's just being overly cautious for no good reason and making, and making more of a problem for people. I like people who, who think that this is like a, this is, this is like the new Coke scandal. Well, you see, Coke sales were down, so they created a bad soda called New Coke so that when they brought back Coke Classic, it would make more money because people were nostalgic for the, like, that's, No. They made a bad soda. They lost yep. money. They brought back the old soda because people bought <laughs> more of that soda than the other soda. In this yep. case, they were overly cautious. They're like, it's 2021. Everything's scrutinized to getting canceled. Do we call the thing Slave One or not? Can we get away with calling it Boba Fett's ship? Let's see if we can. And people still got upset, and now we're here. And it's <laughs> That's like, true. They didn't even win because now we're here. Everyone's upset that they're changing the name of it. Yeah, people are upset that they're changing it. People are upset that they're that that's all they're doing. Uh, uh, if they really wanted to make progress, they should take all the sales from the Lego set and give it towards reparation. Like, like no, they're a, they're a toy company, and it's licensed from a movie. Just call it the thing from the movie. End of story. Yep. Like, move, you know what I mean? Like, just let it go. And just stand, don't even stand by it. You know, like, DC has the right idea whenever they go, like, whenever we do anything, we just don't respond. <laughs> like, we make decisions and then we just leave the room. Yeah. That's we just, what they do. Here's your, here's your, here you go. 
and then we just leave. Lego should just be like, it's called, like, here's the new Lego set. Um, it's called Slave What Slam. Conversation's <laughs> over. Like, well, I'm going to go to Twitter and complain about this. Knock yourself out. You and your echo chamber will be very happy. And then yep. the, the the Lego set will still sell the same amount of Lego sets that it was going to sell before all this happened or that it would have sold 20 years ago and 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 nothing will have changed. Congratulations. You've 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 given yourself an aneurysm over nothing. Ah. And you know, I'm not, I don't want to defend you know what, a company. Me, actually, I will say this. For the first, this isn't even a joke. Yeah, this discussion has made me consider buying the new one because I just want to build the slave one. Yeah, not even like, not even like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Spider, I just, you're you're doing your rent, and in my head, I'm like, it'd be kind of fun to build the Lego set. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a dope looking ship. It would look yeah. really cool as a Lego set. Of course, I would want to buy it. That's what's making me do though. Like you're talking about like, oh, and I'm just like, oh, let's sell do is let's sell rent. That's right, cool. Thank you. I, I would enjoy building Boba Fett ship. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. So stupid. So the fu- next topic on hand is a DC artist shares the original Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy kiss. Yeah. What is apparently altered. Now, what I can't find is exactly how it was altered. Uh, take a look at the tweet because you'll see the like the, the colored piece is the altered version and where the, the faces are next to each other? The, yeah, where she's like, yeah. Yeah, where it looks like Harley, or it looks like Ivy is kissing Harley, but missing and hitting her cheek instead. So it's interesting because, so DC tweeted out queer coding, yep. I guess V verb, imbuing a fictional work with queer themes or characters without ever explicitly acknowledging the queerness. Yes. I, I've uh, never heard that un- before in my life. I've never heard that either at all. Unpack some history with queer coding in comics while it's important to move past it. So there, so DC tweeted out the canonical first kiss by Harley and Poison Ivy. Yeah. The artist followed up with the unedited version, which is a full, like, lips touching, full, like, what you would consider a real quest. Oh, and Ivy's grabbing Harley's ass. Is that in the other Ye- one too? Nope, that's in there too. Okay. Okay. It's a lot easier to see in the in the pencils. Yes, absolutely. Because like, because Harley's like pretty much all white. Uh, because there's no shading. Right. So it's easier to see there. Definitely. Um, That's funny. I That's- honestly didn't know. Because this is from three years ago. This isn't even like, like if no. this happened in the late '90s, early 2000s, I would have been like, oh yeah. I mean, they were trying to hide gay characters. They didn't yeah. want them to be all the way out. Yeah. I didn't know that they were still doing this in 2017. This subvertly. That doesn't like, surprise oh, me in the least, but yeah. Does it? No? No, no. I mean, like, uh, yeah. Especially because they, they gave them the kiss. I remember that. They gave, I remember the kiss blowing up the internet. So its point got across. They had right. a kiss. Yes, but it was more of a real kiss than we than the one we saw four yeah. years ago. Um, I remember, this reminds me very much, uh, it's a very esoteric reference, but I'm still going to make it because that's who I am. Um, Gen 13 was a comic book that was more or less exploitative in nature, and uh, it was like basically just X-Men with less fighting uh, and fewer and fewer dudes. But like, the uh, there was a character on that, uh, on that team called Rainmaker, and she was bisexual. And when I say bisexual, I mean she was gay, and they called her bisexual. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, and uh, there was always like this will they won't they romance with her and uh, and the fire guy on the team and 
uh, at one point, because J. Scott Campbell has to draw it, uh, the, the, the team gets stuck on an island of sexy warrior ladies, uh, who, like, have sex with all of them. And, uh, there's a scene where, uh, Rainmaker kisses another warrior saying goodbye, and the art is her kissing her forehead. And then... I know. I'm sorry. I'll get to the point in a minute. Oh no but, no no uh, no no! You, no, you're probably fine. I'm, I'm having. I slept like ass, so I'm chugging that. I'm but sorry. They, I'm sorry. They, they released this thing <laughs> called the Gen 13 Zine, which was yeah. like a little little a little undersized book that had like sketches and original art and stuff like that in it. And in it, they were like, "And here's the real panel that they said we couldn't use," and it's just Rainmaker kissing this Coda warrior on like full on like a big gay kiss, and it's like. That would have been pretty cool and groundbreaking of them to have done in this book that's, that had pre-order sales of like two million. Yeah. Uh, and it was an image book. Who told you you couldn't do that? But nevertheless, 1994, they were changing the art and hiding the gay from comic books, from mainstream comic books. Um, the fact that like 25 years later that they're still doing it in like a very similar fashion uh, doesn't surprise me in the least, especially DC, especially DC. See, I didn't, um, I didn't know DC's, that because I, yeah. I thought like, and for the record, I do apologize for the yawn. I actually I had one of those nights where <laughs> it's I, okay. laid, I, don't, I laid in bed for like four hours, my mind racing and like uh-huh. four hours in, I'm like, I should be asleep. What am yeah. I doing? <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, yeah. and this is from somebody who has not been in a gay relationship, has not dealt with this on a front on a front facing kind of manner. Right. But I, I assume we moved past the this whole like we gotta hide the gay mentality yeah. like ten years ago. Obviously not. We we just did it. I'm not gonna you know, and obviously I wasn't tracking this. It's not like no. I looked up every day to be like, how gay is the world getting today? Right. <laughs> you know, like, that's not how I was looking at things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. How much progress have we made today? Like no. things like, I guess like hide the gay racism and all this stuff have never made sense to me on a logical standpoint. Yeah, and I get like the racism and homophobia and all these things is a it's it's like an anti logical mindset. Yeah. It is. like it's because like at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you want to have sex with or what the color of your skin is. I, that's what's always blown my mind that people would have problems with these things. Yes, you know what I mean. So. I think that's why for me, in my mind, when I started to kind of like see more of the world and not right. look at things from, you know, more, cause when you're growing up, you have, you have your parents in your world. And I grew up yes. in a very Christian household. Mm-hmm. So while we weren't racist or homophobic, I was never, I was never, you know, plugged uh, in. You didn't like, really I, yeah, I was know never plugged into that whole yeah. world. So when I was in the world, I just assumed, Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. So it's just kind of fascinating to me that four years ago, we were still dealing with this. Yeah. Hide it. Like we can't, we can't overly have them kiss. Have right. Or kiss the cheek. They'll understand. Yeah. They'll get you know it. I mean? like, That'll be enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, because it's always <laughs> worse to be disingenuous and to like hide it and lie. And like, it always comes out anyway. And you know, like, I, like I know that, um, you know, there's an old Hollywood expression called friend of Dorothy, which was their way of saying, which was Hollywood's way of saying gay. And it's because, uh, and originally it was because, like, obviously, you know, uh, the woodsman, the scarecrow, and the lion were very effeminate men. And it's like, oh, it's because she's hanging out with gay people. And it's like, no, because Judy Garland was actually a lesbian. And she was, like, 
she was in a terrible place and she was like horribly yeah. closeted and had a, and a had a rough life but like friend of dorothy was their way of being like uh, we all know like we all know what's going on but we have to use subversive language to hide the conversation that we're all actually having out loud and it's like why don't you just be honest like why don't you just be forthcoming if yeah. it's gonna be in the book just put it in the book well, and here's my question with the Harley Quinn and the Poison Ivy case. Your yeah. forehead to the mouth, okay, 20-something years ago, 25, yeah. Yeah. fine, and forehead to the mouth is a little bit, it, like, moves it. But going from the full-on kiss to the cheek, that yep. doesn't change anything. Well, it does because Especially it's not. Especially since the internet blew up and was like, it's the first kiss! Well, <laughs> yeah, but also there was, like, an undercurrent of, like, Harley and Ivy, and they're bisexual, and we've been hiding it, and, like, we've been implying it, and we've never really gotten any acknowledgement of it and we're in a different place where like people are expecting representation in their media you know 20 years ago it's like you know it might have been considered ex or 25 years ago it might have been considered like exploitative and maybe like less uh progressive and more like gross and i don't mean like gross because it's gay but more like gross because like are you doing this to titillate or to uh like help change the world and right with respect to the harley and ivy kiss it's like well well, I mean, you know, yeah, they're kissing, but like, uh, we don't want it to get too gay, you know, like <laughs> that's because that's clearly what happened. They were like, yeah. well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it looks like she misses or she kisses her, like kind of right there. Like, like you're you're arguing percentages, you know, and it doesn't doesn't matter. You're, you and like I, you said, I, like the blue, the internet was like, they're they're gay, they're kissing, yay, and it's like, oh, well, I guess we could have just left the art the way it was. Right. Without having to be, which if you look like, at the two of them, about it. Yeah. looking at them side by side, the actual thing looks really good. Like the li but like they're kissing. But if you look at the one that they edited in with the yeah. lips, it looks awkward. Yeah, it's terrible like, because they didn't ask the he, artist. Yeah, you can clearly see. Now, looking at them side by side, now you can see why it looks weird. Yes. Yeah, and why people immediately assumed that the one that they got was the was was the same intent as the original art because they didn't know that there was a context yeah. in there. They didn't know about this. Um, I will say, I do want to say, yeah, good on DC for commenting what they did there, right? Because they're the ones that tweeted. What I can't was believe going on. they like highlighted it. There's a whole article about it on their own website where they're like, "We did this." Yeah, but that's they what I mean. But the article's not about how they changed the art to make it slightly less gay in their "Hey, we're gay friendly" post. Like, why would you paint a target on your back like that? Like, why would you open yourself up to criticism? What they should have been like was, you know, we, you know, we all make mistakes. We edited this person's art, and it was totally not cool. Here's the original art, you know. And, and we're in a better place now. I don't know. It just seems like a really stupid decision on their part to like, yeah. to, to announce it only to open themselves up to the artist going, here's what it used to look like. <laughs> like that's amazingly like short sighted of them. I, I yeah, it's, a, it, it's so weird. And anyway, I mean, but I, yeah, I mean, good on them for at least present. Hey, this happens. Yeah. I appreciate it. But like, they even you know. said like, wasn't their original tweet, like move past it now. Like, here's what we did. This is yeah. how it worked. Let's right. move past it. Like, yeah. I don't think you're going to move past it, guys. Like, you just literally put a huge target on your back. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're basically stating four years ago you were, in the words of you, Sal, hiding the gay. Right. <laughs> Sweep it under the rug. Don't make it. I mean, like, we, you know, we, we know, you know, like, but like, you know, or we could say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Constantine's 
content scene is by. Just don't show them kissing. Yeah, yeah. Just imply. Do do the jokey like, oh hey devil, we had a great time last night, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Constantine. And you could look at it as they drank too much or they drank way too much. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's you know. Ugh. It's just, well, just, just anyway, be guys. Yeah. That's today's episode of Absolute Comics. We had a lot of meaty topics today. A I think so, yeah. Which is funny because like, looking at that list, I'm like, we got nothing. This is going to be a fast Yeah, this will be quick. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no. Hope you guys enjoyed Absolute Comics. Don't forget, if you want to support us, go check out G Fuel and use code COMICS at checkout to get your 10% off your order. You can also find us by supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash comicstorian or patreon.com slash comicpop. You get early access to the content over there, and you can support the show and keep it going. And you can also subscribe right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash comicstorian, where the show airs every Friday at about 5 p.m. Eastern. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time right here at the Absolute Comics Channel.